Hey, sports fans, you're tuned into the Emerald City Fandom Podcast. We're Seattle fans talking Seattle sports. We're your hosts. I'm Connor. I'm Sam. And I'm Justin. You ready to get started? Let's send it! Welcome back to the pod, folks. This is episode 69. Nice. Bronk would like this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Happy New Year, guys. Happy New Year. Uh, It has been a minute and a half, maybe minute 45. About a month and a half. Been a long time. Been about a month and a half. Uh, So we've taken a bit of a hiatus here. yeah, sorry about that, folks. Most of it just had to do with uh, adult life things getting in the way of scheduling. Um, Sam's got a remodel going on. He's back and forth between a bunch of houses. Justin just got a new house. He's got house stuff going on right now. I obviously have a baby. Life gets in the way sometimes. But, uh, you know, new year. We're back. And we got tons of football to talk about because we've been oh, back- yeah. gone for so long. We have a bowl game to go over. We have a bunch of other dogs topics to cover tonight, as well as Seahawks topics to cover that I'm sure Justin's thrilled about. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> why, why, to... why, why am I getting dragged one minute into the episode? What did I do to deserve this? Yeah, to be fair, we're you like make fun of my PTO schedule on the podcast for months and months and months and now how the tur- tables turn okay. right <laughs> oh how the turntables <laughs> yeah 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 uh okay i'm sorry justin i'll i'll stop dra- dragging you through the mud here now wait like five minutes next time all right i yeah. tried i i give me credit it was at least two or three minutes into the episode I mean, you though. gotta let justin get a buzz on before you go after him like that yeah just justin fair, what are you fair. what are you drinking that is your I don't want to. Say, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you shit. <laughs> so easy. Okay. What are you, What are you drinking, sir? Uh, my classics. So I went for a second, but we're finishing up a big wave golden ale from Kona Brewing right now. I don't have Very another nice. one, so we're gonna have to switch for water. I do have Moscow Classic. meal stuff that I was gonna make, but I'm tired, so I'm not going to. That's fair. So that's what's happening right now. So we're finishing up a liquid Aloha. Sam, I'm sure you have something better. I'm actually on the beer train tonight. I've got the Enchantment Hazy IPA from Icicle Brewing Company. Nice. Did you get and that it's while pretty tasty. Nope. Mm. No. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I just figured you were in love with somewhat recently. They, they, no, they I know. It was, yeah, it was the Hoganson family Christmas is always in Leavenworth. And uh, did not go by Icicle Brewing this time around, unfortunately. But I just picked this up. Where did I get it? I don't know. QFC or something, I think. Or no, gas station. Yeah, I was at a gas station. Wow, pretty good beer selection for a gas station. Yeah, what gas station was it? What gas station was it? What kind of gas guy are you? Are you like an establishment guy? Are you like a Costco? Well, obviously not a Costco guy. So no, I. Why would you say that? I'm a Costco guy through and through. Well, gas station Costco's don't sell beer at gas stations, so we've already uncovered the mystery. You know? Oh, I understand. Yeah, where where do I get gasoline for my rigs? I go to Costco. Yeah. Right. Where do I go to a gas station to get treats and goodies? Well, 
There's the Olympic View Deli, but they are some price gougers oh, wow. in Edmonds, and he's an they experienced have a lot of... gas station. Yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting bored. I was, I was expecting a quick <laughs> answer. Yeah, I no, was expecting a no. three-word answer. <laughs> yeah. No, this is actually so. It's Olympic View Deli. It's a Shell gas yeah. station, overpriced. Had a lot of expired goods that I've bought from there, so that's kind of, it's just convenient. But I've got, I've got a soft place in my heart for uh 76 going back to the UW days. Oh wow. Used to go down there and get my Coca-Cola Slurpee and a can of Copenhagen and have a good night. <laughs> Is that the one on 25th? Yeah. That was that was my favorite gas station, but now I just go into like whatever's convenient. That's I forget where this one was. It had to have been around home cuz we we got some beers to celebrate New Year's Eve. In our totally empty house while we were painting till 1 a.m. Oof. Yeah. Oof. Painting's rough business, but um, yeah. It's, it's easier with beers. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah, and I mean, you can have fun with it, but yeah, it's uh, it's long and hard work for sure. How about you? What are you sipping on? Um, I have a Deschutes Jubal Ale. A festive winter ale by one of their seasonals that I like getting this time of year. Um, and I have a second one on deck as well. So Very nice. Because I keep more than one beer in my fridge. Oh. Oh. Oof. That was more than five minutes in. Drinking <laughs> drinking Oregon beer on a Washington podcast. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> okay. Hey, he's got a point. Touche. He's got a point. Touche. Hey, I will say Deschutes is one of my favorites, so... Oregon is one alone, of his favorites. Yeah. yeah. For that That's, reason alone. It's Bend, Oregon, dude. It's not like Bend. The cl- Eugene's the closest college campus to Bend, Oregon. So, okay. Is it how much is it closer than Corvallis? It's probably pretty close. I'll do some know, which research. One, Continue on. Which one, which one comes first down I 5? Corvallis. Corvallis. I think Corvallis is closer. <laughs> Go Beeves. Either way. Either way. I do agree. Like I, when I have an opportunity to not support Oregon, the state, I take this opportunity. Eugene is eleven minutes closer driving. Case closed. Oh, okay. well, there, there it is, guys. I guess I'm a duck. Jesus. Oh, he actually said that sentence where we can, <laughs> I can use that. Uh, you could definitely equip that. No problem. No, I'll just I'll delete that part forever. All right, we'll see um, if you edit that out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I probably will forget, so I <laughs> doubt I will. Um, well, let's talk some dogs. Let's talk about the team that we actually want to talk about. Yeah, what a fucking season, guys! Mm. Can can we just mm-hmm. start with that? So, what are you know? Guys? Do you remember when I predicted us to go twelve and zero? I what I meant was like in twenty twenty two, not twenty twenty one. Hey, well, we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no. But that no, you mean twenty twenty three, not twenty twenty two. But yeah, 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 exactly what he said. Yeah, see, you made my point <laughs> for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, we'll get to that. We'll get to that, Sam. Let's not let's not get into the juicy details yet. But yeah, I mean, obviously, you couldn't have you couldn't have written much better of a season for a first year staff to come in ten, to go ten and two in the regular season. You beat all three of your Northwest rivals in Oregon, Oregon state 
and Wazoo. Uh, you know, a, a classic Apple Cup game for us as well. Um, classic Oregon game, obviously, earlier in the year. That was the last time that we last spoke on the on the podcast. To come off a four and eight season and do all of that, and then to cap it all off by by winning the Alamo Bowl over basically a home team in Texas and getting getting a little uh you know head and shoulders above of above Sark just once more um yeah i mean you, you can't you couldn't have capped it off in a better way i feel like so sam why don't you uh take the reins here a little bit and just you know what are your thoughts on this season i mean what what does this season mean and how does this rank i guess in like husky lore as far as like the seasons that you've witnessed maybe as as a fan but also in in husky history like as a whole yeah i mean to answer your last part of that question directly it's for sure top five season in my time on this planet i mean 2016 2000 2001 rose bowl was that it's it was the 2000 season but the rose bowl was 2001 um 2018 Pac-12 champ Rose Bowl defeat like those are all things that come top of mind but this is right right on the heels of those seasons in my mind and for me I I just have to remind myself not to get too greedy and just be like very appreciative and grateful for the season that we had and the turnaround that we've seen and the promise of what the future might hold with this staff and this roster of players that are all coming back going from four and eight to 11 and two is incredible, but it, as a fan, it's just so damn hard not to go back and circle that ASU loss and be like, fuck, mm. if mm. we had found a way to win that game, we're in the Pac-12 championship playing USC. If we win that game, we're in the college football playoff. Like that is what we're talking about. And so it's hard for me not to get over my skis in that way that like that ASU blunder just looks so bad now. Yeah. Looking back on it that I just need to like keep my feet on the ground and remind myself where we were this time last year. And like the fact that we're an 11 and two team, we're going to end up ranked in the top 10. Like, just an unbelievable season that I don't think any of us could have imagined and to just appreciate that for what it is and maybe hope for some more of the higher ceiling college football playoff Rose Bowl type stuff in 2023, which I think is where we should all have our sights and expectations going into next season. So that's my general takeaway is like super pleased, very grateful and appreciative, but God damn, if we had just been able to beat Arizona State, this could have been really yeah. something. Yeah, I totally get that. Uh I think the one of the things that you I mean, you just never really know, right? As far as like if we win at ASU, like does the team come together at the end of the season, like like for that last half of the season? Like it seemed like that was yeah. almost kind of a springboard for the rest of the season as far as like facing some adversity and trying to come back from that and trying to be resilient. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that actually maybe have been maybe even was a defining moment in this season was that loss at ASU. Um of course, like the natural 
instinct is to say, but like, I mean, if you win that game and the rest of the season goes the same, yeah. but what I'm saying is you can't, you can't say that that's a given that the season goes the same. If they do pull out a win there, maybe yeah. they don't, they don't learn the same lessons or it doesn't hit home as much with them. No, uh, I totally um, agree. And I don't want to, I, I already have said and talked too much about it on this podcast episode already. Like we can't, we can't sit here and make this episode about like, no. the one game that it. we slipped up and like, we need yep. to just focus on, that's my point is like, we need to focus on the things that we should be super pumped about. And like, yeah, it's a natural thing to reflect and be like, oh, what if we had done one thing better? But um, yeah. I guess, Justin, what are some of the things that popped out for you this season? Obviously, it's a surprising, surprisingly successful season for all three of us. I don't think any of us would have imagined 11 and two top 10 finish. Like, no, I think the nine and three was the highest of any of us. Yeah, yeah you but both like had digging that, into yeah. a layer deeper, like what are some of the things that were just like surprising to you and like themes that you've picked up on throughout watching the season. I mean, when we made the hire of DeBoer, you both were hyping me up like, Oh man, you hated Jimmy Lake. You're going to like DeBoer because of the, yeah. <laughs> exceeded yeah. my expectations. Yeah. Yeah. All of our expectations. I mean sure. him and Grub, And I mean, it's the DeBoer system and Grub has obviously made it his own, but just oh. the, I mean, and Penix is like play oh, yeah, in that yeah, too, yeah, right? Obviously, like, I mean, that's yeah. a huge factor as well. But yeah, I, I so, mean, yeah. yes, Penix's play has been Heisman esque, if you will. But... Yeah, I will. <laughs> <laughs> you will. Yeah, sure. We got a problem here. But the way that that offense cohes that cohesion exists, I mean, just Grub getting the play to Penix and checking the play and making sure yeah. and Grub getting the right play to him in every game, making sure that everything is in sync. And I mean, there weren't many games, guys, where we scored under 30 points. I'm trying to think of the games off the top of my head, right? Besides Alamo this Bowl. Texas game. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh versus under Jimmy Lake, the games that we did get to 30 points. I mean, it's right. just like it's astounding. And that's like the minimum number almost in college these days. You need to score yeah. to win a game. Yeah. So, I mean, I could go on and on about that, but without taking too much time and your points, I mean, the offense has been truly stellar. And the fact, little hint that we're getting a lot of these guys are going to make a run at 2023 is just so exciting and good for this program. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And like, even going a little bit deeper into the offensive stuff too, I think I texted you both during or, or actually after I finished the recording of the Alamo Bowl, I was a little bit behind schedule was like <laughs> one of the first things that stuck out to me. Like one of my very first impressions of this DeBoer offense was how much, how many skill players are involved in the offense and particularly the passing game. Like, I think it was the Michigan state game that we won. There was like eight or nine, different receivers had a had a reception in that game and it's like wow this is refreshing like we're not just throwing yeah. to our tight ends running backs and like one wide receiver it's like everybody like three tight ends are getting a catch two running backs all of our wide receivers getting involved and that's so hard to defend and to prepare for like it could be anybody's night and early in the season we saw it be like well, today was Jalen Polk's day, went off for a hundred plus yards and two touchdowns or three touchdowns. 
And then it was Odunze, then it was McMillan, and you saw Westover and Culp get involved in the passing game. And then you finished the season out with the Alamo Bowl, and you had, I think, nine different receivers catch a ball. Seven mm-hmm. of them had three or more receptions. Like, how do you defend that? And yeah. so, again, like comparing where we've come from, where it was run the damn ball, and I, <laughs> you know, I was happy to be the lackey on that and play along with the joke. But like, it you were looking at cutting edge, modern day college football offense, and I just think the best word for it as a Husky fan was just so damn refreshing, to like, yeah, just yeah. have a modern passing attack, utilizing all the skill position players that you have, and like seeing that theme come out early and like week one, week two and have mm-hmm. it be a defining theme at the end of the season, I think is also just shows the consistency of that system and the players that are, that are executing it right now, which makes you really excited looking forward. So anyways, I just felt like that was worthy commentary of like where we were and where we've come to is a pretty exciting place. Oh, no. And needless doubt. to say, like, you know, maybe segueing into other topics that we can talk about too is like, that's damn appealing if you're a player in high oh, school sure. or in the transfer mm-hmm. portal. Like, oh, yeah, like that's an offense that I want to go be a part of. Like, they're spreading the love. Everybody's getting their day. Yeah. They're putting Everyone's up eating. points, having a good time. Like, rising tide lifts all the boats. And like, people want to come play for DeBoer right now, 100%. And apparently there's a little NIL here too. (laughs) Apparently. (laughs) Well, and not only come and play, but stay and play, right? Sure. Yeah, that's even better. Like the fact that let's let's list off these players that are that are coming back. Justin, you've probably had the mic the the least amount here, but like list some of these players that are coming back. Obviously, there's a there's a couple standouts here, but sure, like my Michael Penix. I mean that's your number one coming back i mean maybe that's a big deal not that he would be playing but saving us from a potential dylan moore season again yeah i don't maybe you've heard of him before i don't know michael (laughs) pettick's kind of good he's okay he's okay rg3 likes him a lot so that's nice yeah uh jalen mcmillan is back our leading touchdown uh receiver getter Mm -hmm. whatever the word is grabber grabber right (laughs) that's just a terrible word ztf (laughs) He's yeah. back. That's huge. Back again, uh, to keep that uh, pass rush strong, along with sack leader Braylon Trice is also yeah. back. So I think it's that, the fact that, that both of them are coming back. That's the, the duo. Yeah. Uh, you can't just block one. You got to block both. That's much yep. harder. Yeah. Uh, Fatano is back and Thule. Am I missing in anything? Looking up my notes too. And then Devin Culp's coming back, I guess. Too. Yeah. Devin Culp, yeah. sure. I mean, that's a. He usually drops one a game, but you know he's there. To make <laughs> drops a big the play. easy and then one. He makes a, he makes a crazy <laughs> catch. Though, like, yeah, I know one a game Jesus. early. So like, that was the wow. Apple Cup, I think, that he made a nuts catch or yeah. Colorado game, maybe. But yeah, uh, he made like a crazy yeah. catch when he had dropped one earlier. Yeah, and then we are still waiting on Roma Dunze. Uh, yep. I have not seen anything definitive uh, that he's coming. It seems pretty 50-50, Truly, yeah, yeah. I keep going back and forth. At, like a lot of people speculated. Like probably like a month ago that he was probably gone. 
And then like two weeks ago, it was like, oh, no, like he's he's bought in. He's coming back for sure. And now it seems very, very 50 50. And you especially like what's because he's going on. He's gone. He's gone dark. Like the, like, I mean, he said he was going to announce it soon. And that was after the Alamo Bowl. And that's a week ago now. So, yeah, Sam, you said you had an inside source on this. No, I just know what's happening. <laughs> oh, 100%. Okay. Sure. Is he gets his NFL NFL grade draft grade mm-hmm. yep i think he's you know first three rounds for sure maybe end of the second round likely a third rounder yeah probably a point. third which is like nothing to bat an eye at like no if you get that grade like he's a top 10 wide receiver and we've seen in recent drafts there's a run on wide receivers like there's not it's it's entirely possible he could sneak his way into the second round with a good combine performance so my guess is he got a, a pretty good draft grade and he's sitting on that probably feels like there's room to improve on that next year if he has a good year but like it's also probably a good enough draft grade that like maybe you don't risk injury coming back so that's the sure. nfl side then on the husky side you have all of your brothers coming back for 2023 you don't want to be left out and they right. people that have come back have openly talked about like fomo I don't want to be the guy that didn't come the back. DeBoer's talked about it. Miss out on what, how special 2023 could be. So there's that. Mm-hmm. And then there's also the upside of like having a very good year, improving your draft stock. And then the third aspect of this, which is not being talked about super openly, is his father. And his yeah. dad is his a helicopter crazy. parent tweets crazy shit on Twitter about like how the Husky Mm. offensive coaches like hate his son and aren't showcasing him enough and like blah, blah, blah. blah. And like reading between the lines, Rome wants to come back and play next year and purple and gold and have a special year with his brothers and like cap his career off as a Husky and leave like a legacy and be a legend. But his dad is like, go get the bag. Yeah. And neither of them are wrong. But like that's the 50-50 battle right now and like I don't think anybody knows. I don't even think Rome knows what he's going to decide right now. I hope he knows soon. <laughs> <laughs> when is the deadline? Isn't it like a week or two from now or something? I think it is mid-January. It's in yeah. mid-January usually. But yeah, I'm not positive on that. Um I guess Justin like if he if he doesn't come back, like, does that make a big difference in your outlook for next year or no? Like, he's a hell of a good player, but, but I mean, it's, it's, it's a deal. Um, it's not a small deal. I wouldn't say it's the biggest deal in the world. Right. Yeah. So I'd say it's a deal. It's a medium deal. Something I, worth I'd say, I'd say it could be the difference between possibly having a CFP team and, just having maybe like a Pac-12 championship team. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we're a CFP team either way, but um, probably not. But like, we'll see what the de- like. I mean, there's still tell me more stuff to come. Well, we need the defense to play better. <laughs> uh, that's, yes. that's 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 it. Yeah, that's the easy yeah. answer. Well, when you say we're not a CFP team, are you referring to like we're not? a team that can make it to the college football we playoff? We are not or going to like... make the CFP next year. Okay. All right. Okay. All right, negative Nancy. 
Wow, all of a sudden not making well, I was I was trying to like give you a little bit of a lifeline there and be like this team could potentially make an appearance in the college football playoff, but they're not prepared to compete with like Georgia. No, I said what I said. I think that so you, we're not good you, you don't think it. that we can win the Pac twelve with like one loss next year. I don't think we will have one loss next season. I guess that's that's it. I mean, I would hope so. I think we are, we should be the best Pac-12 team next year, if we improve the defense enough. The hard part is our schedule is a lot tougher next year than it was this year. Can we? I haven't honestly. I just haven't looked at it. Like, what is our? What makes our schedule? We play both USC and Utah next year. We're at USC. I think we host Utah. We have Oregon at home. Oregon State on the road. Oregon State on the road. That'll be tough. They just got a big transfer quarterback as well. Yeah. Um, Oregon and Wazoo at home, right? Oregon and Wazoo, mm-hmm. USC on the road, Utah's at home. At Michigan State, too. And mm-hmm. they'll, I mean, they should be better than they were this year. And non conference is Boise State and Tulsa. And while those are easy, Ooh. I think that we don't have a cupcake game. And so it's players yeah. that have to play the whole game, is into my logic versus Alabama's going to play Al- at like, you know, Alcorn, Alcorn State. State. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. right. And so they Alcorn State, basically. And so I think that that wears on some players. And you have injuries and all sorts sure. of things. That's why I'm saying the thing. I think we could be the best Pac-12 team, and I expect us to compete for the Pac-12 title. I just don't know. I I could see a Pac-12 cannibalization because there's a lot of quarterbacks coming back. And yeah, conference. yeah. There's a lot of good teams, I think, in this conference right now. But I think it's going to be a case where, like, we go and we lose a close game to USC and we beat Oregon and USC loses to Oregon, like, something like that. And yeah, uh, it ruins it for everyone. I think that's probably the most likely outcome again. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. because we're, I we think probably have, we probably have the same record in season next year. We pro- we're probably 10 and two. It's just whether that's good enough to get in the Pac-12 championship. Because if you ask my honest opinion, I think UW should be a top 10 team going into next season in the rankings. They're going to be a top 10 team to end this season. So absolutely right, right. They should yeah. Be. I, yeah. I mean, Everyone's coming recruiting back. Recruiting and transfer and, you know, other Texas A&M will probably be number four, you know, going into next Somehow, season. Somehow, some way. <laughs> right? Jimbo. Jimbo and his slimy but thing. I, I think I, we are, I think we are solidly a top 15 likely a top 10 team legit i don't think we're a top five team nor do i think we will actually like i think that there's a chance that we could weasel our way in to the college football playoff but i don't think we're making noise oh we'd be a four seed just like we were in 2016 like i mean 26 like i felt better about that 2016 team than i do going into 2023 well, we just don't, we don't know what this defense is going to look like. That's I mean, huge. like to to be to be to be quite frank, I just about don't this, think like, we have the Jimmys and Joes on defense to make it happen. Definitely don't have Jimmy, but, but it might be getting better. <laughs> nice. Like, <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice, well done, Justin. <laughs> Applaud. Uh, he probably I mean, would make our secondary better, though. Okay, hire him. What's he, he doing? Would. Uh, he's getting paid he's... by UW one way or the other. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he doesn't want to coach right now. He doesn't have to coach. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, I, I mean, with the roster that we have coming back, I like our front seven a lot. Like I like our front seven a lot. I like our, our guys in the trenches, our linebackers make me really nervous. Eddie should be healthy going into next year. He started to flash. Yeah. I like Carson Bruner, dude. And they started to play him a lot more towards the end of the year. 
He's definitely better than Cam Bright. And then you don't know what you're yep. getting with Raylan Goforth. We don't. I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be better than Maul was, though, this year. He's probably going to be better than Cam Bright, even. Probably. Because Cam Bright was pretty bad. I mean, Cam Bright was a starter for you, and he was pretty bad. And if you're starting with yeah. Eddie and some combination of Tupatala or Bruner or Goforth, yeah. like who, whoever grabs that spot, I feel better about that. Assuming Eddie can get back to what he does. And I, I don't even, we don't even need him to be that. I don't think like, I think if he plays toward like close to what he was like towards the end of this year, like maybe a, a step above that. I mean, that's going to be quite a, quite a leap as far as the linebacker play. Yeah. All and right. So flashed, obviously. Um, but I don't think he was consistent enough this year. Yeah, and I do so, like our defensive line. I think we have guys the that can lines. pressure defensive the quarterback. Fine. Mm-hmm. I think yep. we're pretty good at the interior position. Yeah, pretty good. It could we have an better, an, we have an anti Seahawks problem with the defense. Yeah. yeah, the secondary is obviously the thing that we're circling though. But you get like, I mean, we already got this Jabbar Muhammad kid. Sorry to like let's, already like spoil this, but like, no, let's go. Um, this kid from Oklahoma State that was like kind of their number one corner. And yep. he's he's got one season left, basically. So like a similar a similar um, outlook as Perryman, but on a bigger level because he played for actually a power Just five a, team. Yeah, Real team. more proven, more <laughs> proven level. Proven commodity, proven commodity. Um, so like, I mean, he should be your your lockdown guy, I think. Like, I mean, quote unquote lockdown guy. Yeah. You got Mish coming in. You got three stud dudes coming in in this class yes at corner as well that i don't know if they're gonna play right away but like chances are one or two of them is gonna contribute i don't think they're gonna start but they're gonna contribute for sure Mm -hmm. um safety is another big question mark we probably need a transfer safety i think safety is the weakest position on the entire team now that you you lose alex cook Mm -hmm. ace turner's there Camp, Camp Fab, Fab is I want very bad. I want him transferred. I want I, he he maybe is like a Portland State player. He seems like a great guy. Maybe <laughs> like <laughs> I don't want him on my football team. Great, great nickname. X's like, and O's type yes. of guy. You know, good smile. He's good smile. All American nickname team. Cam Fab, All American nickname team, guaranteed. Yes. On the field, um, not not cutting it. Right. Um, but let's, I, I guess let's just, let's, this lends us to talk about a little bit of this like transfer portal action. Yeah. Um, Sam, why don't you dumb it down for us? Who, who's, who's transferring out? I guess let's start, let's start with that. As, yeah. Like, I guess as we know so far, I guess like, I don't have all the details in front of me. Maybe one of you guys can grab the list while I'm giving my, I'll my just overall like synopsis. Names off of like, my... Yeah, we can, we can go through it. But like my overall synopsis, I was talking about it off mic, like half jokingly but mostly serious is like you know what used to be all the attention around your high school recruiting class the 2023 recruiting class gets all the attention and that's like you know a tried and true marker for the trend that your program is on upward trajectory downward trajectory based on your recruiting class that still holds some weight but really it comes down to the transfer portal and it's like are your best players leaving or are your backups leaving? Mm -hmm. Are you getting other teams, best players 
into your program or are you getting other teams backup players hoping to make something work on your team like right now UW like none of our starters are going anywhere like anybody that's exiting the program is looking for an opportunity somewhere else because they couldn't cut it here and we're getting like to Connor's example the corner from Oklahoma State Muhammad he's arguably their best defensive player He's coming to UW. And so, like, mm-hmm. as a fan watching the transfer portal activity, like, that is such a huge indicator for where this program is going. And it kind of goes back to my point about the offense being this, you know, sexy offense and the transfer portal, and everybody wants to come be a part of it. But it's like you're seeing non contributors leave through the transfer sure. portal, and you're getting proven contributors on other power five teams coming to UW. And so overall, like just taking a step back and looking at the 30,000 foot view, what's going on in the transfer portal is super exciting as us as a Husky fan right now. And I think you see the track record with somebody like Michael Penix Jr. Coming in, people are indicating or, or identifying that UW is a place where you can go and have immediate success. And I think it's just a really fortunate place for this program to be at right now so connor i think you probably have a list of names ready to go i do yeah so and this further emphasizes your point i mean obviously yeah uh and i'll just go from like the most recent guys to kind of the oldest because that's just the order of things on on here um so danny Haimuli just declared like yesterday i think that he's he's in the transfer portal a bummer because he didn't pan out here but he's also like a third string linebacker for us right now yeah and linebacker was already a pretty big weakness on this on this team this year. Rupert Rocky, thank you for getting punched by Jimmy Lake. Appreciate your <laughs> thank service. You. Thank you for God. your service. <laughs> oh no, but he gone. So uh, Jaleel, I he, I, yeah, Jaleel Heath. Uh, I didn't never even know heard he was on him. the team. Exactly, he's gone. Uh, Caden, Caden jumper. Uh, I, I like a kind of a do it all guy, but not super highly sought after. And obviously didn't play for us. See Junior ya. Alexander is probably one of the bigger ones. Um, yeah. wide receiver, uh, that had just transferred in from ASU this last year. So he's on the move again. Um, obviously sees the writing on the wall that pretty much everyone's back. Uh, we don't know about Rome yet. Well, but... his buddy's not playing quarterback. That's also yeah. it. Do you think that's a factor? Yes. Yeah. That's interesting. I don't know. I feel and like it's also an interesting a... tidbit that like it could be reading through, you know, reading the tea leaves that Sam Heward's never going to play quarterback. Maybe. I mean, I'm not there yet, but I'm not yeah. there yet either, but I'm just saying like it could like it's... he was very open that the main reason he was coming to UW was to be reunited with Sam Heward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's it's pretty. um it's pretty telling that Sam never ended up being the backup quarterback this year. Too. I think that's pretty bad. Cause uh yeah. Demo, he uh Whew, he scared me whatever he got on the field. Let's just say <laughs> yeah, that. he looks some type of way in the pocket. It's clunky. Let's just say the offense looks a little clunky when Demo's out there. Looks a little bit different than when number yeah. nine is uh at the I helm. think an, I think another reason why Junior Alexander is transferring out though is because we got a certain Yermi Bernard coming back to the Purple and Gold yeah. Montlake. Mm. So once committed, always committed. Just took a you know took a gap year at Michigan State. 
So yeah. I saw what we were all about when they came into town. He's like, yeah, I want to be back in this offense. So, Oops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think he's going to be real good. I think he's going to be real good for and, this team. Like, we should pause there and just like, again, another such a huge positive indicator of the staff that we have at UW right now that like they inherited this shitty situation where Jeremy Bernard was this longtime UW commit. He was committed to junior Adams, junior Adams is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm staying on staff. Jeremy (laughs) Bernard snake signs his LOI enrolls in January, like enrolled at UW. And then junior Adams is like, peace. I'm out of here. I'm going to Oregon. Oh, they're going to be me. What in Oregon? Okay. Yeah. And so then honestly, holy hell. Jeremy Bernard's like, okay, like, what am I doing here in Seattle? Like, I'm out here all alone. Like, the only person that I had a relationship just left to go to Oregon. And so he's like, I want out. And I think the fact that, like, that whole situation and saga and drama could have just been the end of it. But the fact that Jeremy Bernard went through his freshman season at Michigan State, he contributed to that team, but he wants to go elsewhere. The fact that he came back, circled back to UW and the staff, just tells you so much about how DeBoer and this recruiting staff handled that whole crazy hectic situation that they left on like good terms. There's mutual respect and that they treated, you know, they put the kids best interest at the forefront. And like, that is huge. The -hmm. fact that like, you don't see this happening anywhere. You don't see, you know, retreads in the transfer portal where somebody's like oh, at the school, yeah, goes somewhere else and comes back. Like Eric Stevenson, but oh no, 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 no. No, uh, it was Emmett uh, Matthews. Uh, Emmett Matthews, yeah. Is the <laughs> only other got. one that I could think of. Yeah. But anyways, it is worth like that was a huge, you know, like bonus points in my mind in terms of just really appreciating the staff that we yeah. have in place right now that something like that could even happen. Yep. He definitely, like, yeah, DeBoer definitely um, ended on good graces with Jeremy Bernard when he left yeah. last year. And probably even told him, like, go see what East Lansing is about. Like, our, our door's always open. And watch us. <laughs> yep. Watch what we do. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and he got a first row seat. He did. He did. Yeah, I don't think he played at all. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm saying. On the bench, which was weird. Michigan State receiver, I forget his name off the top of my head, was kind of going off against us. It was the basketball player. Yeah, Yeah. the basketball player. He's really good. Mm -hmm. I think it's Keon Coleman. Yeah, that's what I knew for sure that Perriman sucked, but I think Mm. it never got better. (laughs) Yeah, it It just got worse, honestly. I don't know if it got worse, it just like didn't get better. Like, it just, it, it was the same thing. Like just like he he would fall over on a on, just, like after getting burnt, and then he the and kid. then he'd be injured. Yeah, and it's like, like oh my hip, ah oh, my hamstring. I'm like oh, I don't think you're wrist. actually injured, dude. Like I'm pretty sure you just got toasted. Like <laughs> that's all that happened. Um. Anyway, my other point. I don't want to shit on him too much, but uh, Jeremy is now going to be going to Michigan State next year as the away. Like yeah. how often is that, <laughs> that happen? <laughs> like you'd be the away yeah. team, the non-conference. Yeah. Team. interesting yeah yeah i bet he plays in that game so probably we'll see i mean my my guess my guess guys i and this is just i mean a little bit out of left field here i think giles jackson might be out i think he's for sure out and Mm. and yermy's taking his place as the fourth receiver fourth slash fifth i guess 
That's fine. I mean, who's who else is there? Well, I guess this is kind of. I think he's four. Rome might come back, but yeah, if Rome comes back, he's four. So if it's Rome, Jalen, 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 <laughs> uh, Jalen, Jalen, uh, and then Taj Davis, maybe, but I Taj think might Bernard's... be gone too. I don't know. That's a battle. Yeah. That's a battle. Yeah, I think you got Taj. Yeah, I, I think I, I think Taj, Taj is coming back for spring ball, and he's probably going to see where he's at in the depth chart. Yeah, but Giles Jackson's just—he's not what we thought he was. I think no, as far as a, and I think we have better returner options now. Yeah, but anyway, Jabbar Muhammad in, Zakari Spears out, Dylan Johnson in—that's the newest one. That's the a running big back. one. Yep, um, out of Mississippi State. Uh, Rip Mike Leach, by the way. Yeah. Um, Josh Cuevas, a Cal Poly tight end, who is pretty highly sought after as well. I think that's a weird one to me. Is like highly like there was a lot of buzz around him committing yeah. to UW, and it's like tight end from Cal Poly has this like I I haven't really like watched any tape or anything, but that's just it seemed like an odd amount of like hype around him and a big schools that were supposedly after him too right in the in the midwest right so yep yeah i mean obviously just because of that i'm happy that we got him i think it i guess again is a testament to what this program is doing right now um i've only watched like brief highlight tapes of him he's a receiving threat like tight end for sure like he put up some pretty big numbers at cal poly um, he probably gives this offense a little bit of a different dimension uh, at that at that spot as well. I don't think that you would call any of our tight ends right now receiving threats. Quinton Moore maybe what like was coming in, but he hasn't really done that on the field yet. Yeah. So this is maybe your mo- most proven commodity as far as that goes. Um, mm-hmm. Devin Culp definitely could be that, but I don't think that we. Uh, I don't know. He's never really like lived up to like his. He just athletic. hasn't been consistent enough. Yeah, and he drops balls a lot. So, like important um, third down conversion balls. Yeah, pretty bad. <laughs> like pretty he bad. generally finds the most important catch or like, you know, pass attempt possible and drops that one. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully Josh Cuevas can uh, at least hold on to balls. I don't even know if I'm saying his name right, by the way, but that's just how I read it. So, um, Pejopa is out. He was obviously like, like basically kicked Dismissed. off the team. Um, Braylon Goforth is in. We talked about him. Cam Williams is out. That was a little, I don't know. I thought he maybe should have gotten a little bit more shot at, at safety this year. Um, he cannot tackle. Yeah. That's, he I mean, that really was probably can't. his undoing. And, and I mean, he ended up going to like a pretty small school too, committing to a small school. Georgia State, Georgia, right? Yeah, Georgia. He's Georgia following. Southern. Isn't Georgia that what, uh, Will wow. Harris? No, who's the coach? Clay Helton. Clay Helton. Yes. Yeah. Will Harris was his recruiter and coach at UW. Okay. That makes and more sense. Though. He went down to Georgia Southern with Clay Helton's the head coach, right? Or was. I don't know yeah. if he still is. He's still there. I think he's there. I'd um, imagine so. It's only one season, right? Yes. Um and then we had a pair of guys committed to us from Arizona State, but one of those guys it sounds like is backing out. Dan Daniel Nada is in uh, he's a running back also from ASU. Um, he was a pretty good high school recruit, but hasn't really done 
I mean, he was only, I think, at ASU for one year. Um, but didn't two, two, but didn't really play that much. Um, and then Joe Moore was the edge guy, but it sounds like he's actually not gonna come. I don't. Hmm. That was new news as of like today. Hmm. There's oh, not I a lot of that. not a lot of tea leaves behind that, other than I feel like he saw that both CTF and Tricer coming back, and he's not gonna get very much playing time. Yeah, um, but I don't know. And then the therapy kid, and, I guess, and because Toby Malau is coming home. No, no, not happening, dude. He not is. Confirmed. I'm telling you, I would love it. I would love it, Sam. I would love it. There would be. There's he's homesick. okay. So he's some homesick. some context here. There's some very big news apparently on the way, as far as like or like possibly on the way. We don't know if it's not even, it's not even, <laughs> uh, guaranteed at this point, but there might be some smoke about a certain person possibly transferring in, but I don't think they're talking to about come JTT. back home to come back home. That's kind of what it's been hinted at, but yeah, I don't think it's JTT. I think it is conspiracy theorists on the show, man. I'll I mean, wear my tin hat for that all day or day. The only thing that I will entertain here is that like, he's obviously made his name at Ohio state. Like he's going to the NFL after next year and he wants yep. to just come back for one year and see if he can put UW over the top and, get them in the college football playoff next year. But I don't know if he really has that much of a connection to UW. We have hella good NIL. Way better than Ohio State. Why don't you talk about that, Sam? Yeah. Why don't you talk about that, Sam? Well, transition to our our, our recruiting class, our actual high school recruiting class here for 2023. 2023 recruiting class, relatively drama-free. You know, good, not great class in a normal cycle. Considering this is like the coach's first year, it's kind of a transition year. I'd say it's like they did a pretty damn good job overall. I think yeah. flipping Caleb Presley to stay home is a big deal. But there was a little bit of drama. Lincoln Kineholes, South Keen Dakota Holes. quarterback, Keenholes, however, I don't even give a shit, honestly, at this point. Bitch. Yeah, pretty much. Like, he was nobody. He was a nothing a not a burger from South Dakota. Our coaches went and found him. We're like, Hey, yeah, he's a pretty good player. You know, all state football player, all state basketball player, all state baseball player, like hits dingers can dunk in games, you know, spin the pigskin. Like you just wouldn't believe we got to have this kid. So we offer him. We're like the only team. I don't even think like, Sioux Falls. Falls. Yeah, I don't even think Sioux Falls offered this guy. UW is like, hey, come on. You come over to Seattle. Like, we'll take care of you. We put him on the map. He committed to us. He was like ride or die UW all the way pretty early. Then all of a sudden, here come the buzzards. Here come Yeah. The turkey vultures. They're coming in. Like, hey, well, yeah, UW likes this guy from South Dakota. Never heard of him before. Let's check him out. Long story short, Ohio State was like, yeah, we're going to offer you a scholarship. You can come here. And being from the Midwest, Lincoln, I can't, honestly, I can't really blame him. He's like, all right, I'll go to Ohio State. So he flips his commitment, goes to Ohio, Ohio State. And then he gives this press conference about like, yeah, you know, I could have taken more money and, and gotten a better NIL deal if I went to UW. 
but I'm really just want to be at Ohio State to get developed. And everybody was like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> that's for sure a lie. Like, there's no There's yes. a couple there's things no going way. on there in that statement. One, yeah. Washington NIL. Oh, I kind of like the sound of that, mm-hmm. if that's true. Number two, developed at Ohio State. What good Ohio State quarterbacks are in the NFL? What do you want to be developed into? Yeah, let's talk about that. <laughs> like, are, are you not thinking about NFL and you're just thinking, like, I want to be the next Justin Terrell Fields? Pryor. <laughs> Terrell sure. Then go for it. To be fair, we don't know what CJ Stroud's going to become. Maybe a Seahawk. So we'll see. Probably a Seahawk. Yeah, that's <laughs> looking more likely every day. So, that, yeah, that statement was bizarre, but. Kind of like the NIL piece, if that's true. Yeah, you no, can take that piece for sure as a positive. But it, weirdest... it, I mean, it's it seemed like a backhanded comment. It was though. a back the way the tone and the way it was delivered for sure. Well, the I weirdest don't... thing about it, I don't know if you both have been paying attention to like other recent recruiting updates in Ohio State, but like multiple recruits have almost said the exact line with the exact tonality, just like substitute so a different being school fed the line. They're being coached what to say, and they're like mm. downplaying the NIL opportunities at Ohio State, which is total bullshit. Right. Like, Ohio State has to be for sure top 10, likely top five NIL opportunity wise. You would think. Yeah. There's no you way they're not. <laughs> There's nothing else going on in Columbus other than Ohio State. Like, no, like Texas, Texas AM, Alabama. Michigan, mm-hmm. USC, maybe. Oregon, maybe, too. I mean, right. Bill Knight's dollars. Apparently, Tennessee has a big t- NIL done, but yeah. more than but Ohio I'll State. I promise you this. No. Whatever UW is doling out NIL-wise is not what's going no. on in Columbus. I guarantee right. you that. I do think we're being um, unique with our NIL op- opportunities, though. expand well i just i think that we're we're attacking it in a different way as far as like a little bit more not as much of like the immediate cash but like kind of the more long term and again like we 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 tend to to reward the players that have actually gotten it done on the field already rather than like use it as a recruiting tool like as far as like here's a bag of cash come to my school type thing it definitely seems like, like we're using it as a mechanism to give upperclassmen that are proven contributors on the field, good stewards of the university, like an opportunity, like give them a reason to stay in school for one more year. Right. As opposed to like, hey, you can make money next year by staying in college, staying at UW. Like we can pay you more than what you're going to get paid in the NFL next year. Like Michael Penix, is probably getting paid more at UW next year than he would as like a second, third, fourth round draft pick in Maybe. the NFL. I don't know if I quite buy that, but I mean it's competitive. It's, it's, at, it's least. at least yeah, it's at least close enough that like he considered yeah. it and came and I back. think your point is like that seems to be where UW is really focused is like yeah more on the retaining talent <clears throat> side, less on the acquiring. Which I'm not saying power. that we're not doing that. Like, I mean, I'm sure that there still are, you know, some like handshake deals with recruits yeah. and stuff like that. But um, not they're the not focus. to the 
they're not to the level that like Oregon's doing it or Ohio State, Alabama, right. like any of these guys, any of these top players. Um, you had mentioned that this was a relatively drama-free recruiting class other than the Lincoln Keenholz thing. We do have one guy that didn't sign on signing day, but everyone basically is saying, like, don't worry, he's a dog. Yeah. Still kind of find it weird that he hasn't signed. Um, but Tayshawn Lyons was a is a long I mean, long sought after wide receiver for, for this, this UW um, coaching staff. And we were on him early. He's kind of, you know, gotten more, garnered more interest once he got our offer, kind of like Keenholz did. Mm-hmm. And it was long thought that he was probably going to end up at Notre Dame. Um, but we did some last minute kind of talking in his ear and he and ended I up committing. Deal. <laughs> probably, probably. Um, we, <laughs> We were able to um, get him to commit, but he did not. Um, he did not sign on on the early signing day period. So likely at this point, he's going to sign in February. Um, and everyone is saying again that he should be coming back or he should be coming here. But um, that obviously leaves some room for other schools to get in his ear, like we did. Um, the only other thing that, and I know that you mentioned it very quickly here, Sam, but this flip of Caleb Presley, it's a big deal. And this, this is this staff's Buda Baker, like Buda Baker was to Chris Peterson, what Caleb Presley could be for Kalen DeBoer and his staff. And it's not so much the player. Like, I think like you hear us comparing Presley to Buda Baker, we're not so much saying that he's going to become that type of player. Like, I don't think he's he not. has the upside of Buda Baker. <laughs> Buda Baker was, I mean, one of the top five talents to ever come out of this state, probably from, yeah. from a high school standpoint. Um, Caleb Presley's not that, I don't think. And I'm not trying to shit on the guy. It's more a testament to what Buda is. Right. Um, it's more of a statement of getting these guys to stay home again though and buddha started that movement back in 2016 went on for a couple years after that lost all of our momentum once jimmy lake became the coach obviously in the state and even the last couple years of peterson yeah and i would say this this. is a trendsetter this is a trendsetter though right like presley knows a lot of guys and he talks he's he's well connected he trains at fsp he trains at the other place too i guess too like whatever the the elite air air sport yeah Yeah, yeah. so he trains at both places yeah and that's what i would say is like the buddha baker reference like buddha meant so much because for one just like how good he was on the field and it was like really good homegrown player can stay at home and like he was definitely tied into the local scene but like if you had to use those two as like you know a you know a rating in each of those areas on the field performance versus like pull with other local recruits buddha was like off the charts on the field and he was like decently connected with players around the area but it wasn't like he was a ringleader for any for anyone else whereas like presley is kind of the opposite like on the field he's a solid player he's maybe kind of maxed and peaked out but like off the field he's a total ringleader for the younger generations like i don't whatever leadership qualities whatever it is but like 
his name and his presence alone is for sure going to be a reason why kids end up staying home and wearing the purple and gold. So I think it's a big recruit to flip, especially from Oregon. That's obviously a comparison to, to Buddha, like both yep. previously Oregon commits flipping to stay home. I think it's a big deal. Um, I think at this point we're probably a little bit long in the tooth on the UW conversation here, but <laughs> maybe let's let's just like quickly go around the horn. I know we've talked about a lot, but like, and I we've kind of teased this already a little bit, but like maybe going around the horn, what is everybody's expectations for 2023? And then maybe just like a quick blurb on like beyond 2023. I think the expectation, the expectations are very high. I think for Very fans odd. of this program, the media, whatever you want to say, I, from my expectations are record wise, it's going to be very similar. I don't think it's good. 10 and two. I think 11 and one is the ceiling probably floor. God floor is high. I can't imagine losing more than three. If key people are healthy, obviously, but that's every team. So <laughs> yeah, uh, 10 and two is what I'll say. Um, yeah is like a we met expectations that this year that for me just for reference was seven and five going into this season it's like expectations was seven and five eight and four is what i predicted i'd like oh that's a good season we'll build upon that you guys said nine and three so that's like a pretty good season we were ten and two so we had for what expectations were we we blew them out of the water so yeah obviously possible but 10 and two, I would say is the expectation. I'm probably in a pretty similar boat. Um, I don't even want to say record wise, like, like I expect us to be in the Pac-12 championship next year. I think it's kind of the sum of it. I mean, we should have been this year, really. Yeah. Fucking Pac-12. There's the whole ASU argument. We flushed that out, but also there's like the tiebreaker scenarios. We're kind of wonky. Sure. Well, we're, I mean, we're ending the year with the best record in the Pac 12 after all the bowl True. games. And that's um, like the irony in all of this is like <laughs> yeah. the Pac 12, like the intent is valid. Like if there's a really shitty team that's just like the best team in a shitty division, whether it's the North or the South, like they shouldn't be in the Pac 12 championship. It should be the best two teams. And it was like, they changed the rules. I think we all thought, like, yeah, that's a good idea. Like, let's make sure the best two teams make it to the Pac-12 championship. And, of course, this year, I think we can all agree that, like, UW was probably one of the best two teams in the Pac-12 championship, and we and, and we didn't get in on some, like, yeah. crazy BS, three-way tie, tiebreaker nonsense. Well, and especially the way that we were playing at the end of the season, too. Right. right? Like, yeah. I mean, we had all the momentum in the world. So, um, yeah, I mean, a bummer, but again, like you said, Sam, don't lose to ASU. <laughs> we don't have that problem. Maybe so, they need yeah. to do a selection committee for the Pac-12 title game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we should put <laughs> you who shall not be named should be on that committee. Too. Oh, I think God. we should be the committee. <laughs> yeah. UW, six and six, Always. UW number one. What? Yeah. No, I, I think, I think they're good. is prolific. <laughs> yeah. I think they're exciting. I think you, you're going to want them in that game. Well, yeah, I mean, you, um, you made that point about not having crappy teams. I said you saw that in the Big Ten this year. I think Purdue was in the title game, and like, why the fuck is Purdue yeah. in the yeah. title game? Yeah. Right? You have I think State, it's a good you. rule. It's a great 
rule change. It's just totally classic Pac-12 that like they do the right thing, but somehow it still backfires. Right. Yeah. Um, But yeah, just kind of like rounding out the future outlook. I, I have to agree. Like 11 and two is such a, like, especially in year one going into year two, you just obviously are expecting at least some slight improvement, but like, there's just not a lot of room for improvement on 11 and two. Like Connor, you asked the question earlier, like where does this rank all time in Husky? I mean, Husky football has been around for a hundred years, over a hundred years. This is probably one of our top 10 best seasons. Probably for sure. Top 15, but probably top 10. Probably. Yeah. Like that's insane. And so to like go into next season, like entitled and feeling it, expectant of a better season is like kind of a tough place to be in so if 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 i had to like boil it down right now assuming key players are healthy and by that i mean michael Penix jr because if he's not healthy then we're totally (laughs) fucked right (laughs) assuming he's healthy i do also agree that like looking at a 10 and 2 regular season seems the most realistic the only caveat and the slight improvement that I'm expecting is that 10 and two does get us into the Pac-12 championship and does get us into the Rose Bowl or whatever New Year's New Year's six non-CFP bowl game that the Pac-12 championship is going to get. And I think we end with a win there. So it's like maybe it's the same record, 11 and two. But or a I bigger guess at bowl that win. point, Feels I guess a lot at that point it would be twelve and two, right? Like if you win the pack, if you're in the championship, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think you probably twelve and two, bigger, bigger bowl game win, more momentum going into the next season. Like that's which probably the ceiling. Which would only then be the would be third, third, second, third, second or third time that we've ever had twelve wins in the program. Yeah, ninety one. Was 2016, 2016 12 wins? 2016 yeah, we were 12, was 1, 12. 12 and 1 going into the Alabama game. So it was yeah. 12 2 at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So basically that, but no CFP. But you end the year on the win. It. That's probably just those you're two. Ta- years, you're right? talking a top three, probably a, a top five in history season without thinking about it for sure. Yeah. And I yeah. think like, you know, Gil Doby, 1910 championships in like the 60s like modern college football modern college football yes it's like 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 70s and we don't need we don't need enoch bagshaw calling into this shit (laughs) hey i appreciated that guy hey listen you you weren't around in my day in my day coming back from the grave i loved it I, i mean no matter what guys it we have a lot of things to look forward to but i think it's a new year but we should still be reflecting and and obviously very thankful for the year that we just had uh for the huskies and really couldn't have dreamt it much better yeah justin i'll end on this real quick wait, 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 hold on, hold on. before you yeah. make some like sarcastic dig um <laughs> well, 20... uh, no i wasn't doing that <laughs> 2023 is the last season of a 14 playoffs. Mm-hmm. This has all happened mm-hmm. since we haven't been on the yeah. air. 
Right. So next season we have a tough schedule, yada, yada, yada. 2024, they go to 12, at least for the upcoming two seasons after that. And then after that, it's a shit show. Our non-conference schedule is Weber State, Eastern Michigan, and home at Husky Stadium, Ohio State. And so that's going to be fun going into the 12-team playoff with the trajectory of this program. Very interesting. Yeah. Interesting who the quarterback is in 2024. I'll tell you that. Yeah, probably not on this roster. (laughs) No matter what, I think think we're going to be fine. No matter what, I think we're going to be fine. Probably. Maybe not a college football playoff, even top when we moved to 12, but I just, DeBoer's never had a bad team. Like the dude is, yeah. what, 96 and 12, 98 and 12? Like yeah. he doesn't fucking lose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, Connor. Sorry, I cut you off. Yeah. You're, you're free to go with sarcasm. <laughs> oh, all I was going to say, I mean, on, on this note of like us talking about DeBoer like so much and praising him you mm-hmm. had these coaches that you would put on our notes like off to the side and i know that we talked about this a little bit on the podcast but i mean DeBoer wasn't even in any of our top fives like for the top threes i guess probably for the most part like he was like four or five for a yes. lot of us yes yeah true mm-hmm. i mean like if you like redrafted that sure <laughs> whatever yeah. like yeah one for sure i mean oh no question you're, yes. you're talking about Matt Campbell was the guy that we were hoping for at mm-hmm. the end there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Dave Aranda was a guy that Baylor was yeah. not that special this year. We were talking about Billy Napier. <laughs> no. Um, Luke Fickle was a guy that we talked about. He just got the job at Wisconsin, TBD there. I mm-hmm. mean, I think he's going to do a really good job I'm sure there. sure he'll do good. Yeah, he's got a great um, staff. Yeah, I think he's going to do a really good job there. I think it was an excellent hire by Wisconsin. Um Bob Stoops was never coming out of retirement. Chris Peterson was never coming out of retirement. Dave Clawson was a guy I think that also was kind of, again, I think that this staff acted, I think that uh, the athletic department liked him, but boy, I am so glad that we ended up. I think I mentioned Chris Kleiman too. I think he's the Kansas State coach. Yeah. But yeah, I'm so, yeah, one alone. I would say like reflecting on the coaching search as a group collectively, there was like, the top three realistic big swings were like Matt Campbell, Luke Fickle, Dave Aranda. That was kind of like we thought were possible. And we're talking we a lot like about best. Kellen Moore too at the yeah, time. Yeah, but I was also kind of like bullshitting around a little. Like we kind of all knew that Kellen Moore probably was not probably not college yeah. football. Yeah, true. Like I'd put Kellen Moore more in like the Peterson Bob Stoops category. It's fair. So like I think we had our sights on like our Lincoln Riley hire would be Luke Fickle, Matt Campbell, or Dave Aranda. Those were like the sexy names. But I also will give ourselves credit. Like the first name after those three that all three of us were like probably makes the most sense, kind of just fits. There's a lot of most realistic was Kalen DeBoer. Like it wasn't like he came out of nowhere for us. It was like, here's the sexy national name hires. And then like, here's the guy from Fresno state. That's like kicking ass attached to Jeff Tedford attached to Chris Peterson kind of makes sense. Wouldn't be surprised, but it also isn't like the sexy name. That's what I recall the conversation being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's pretty accurate. I mean, I, I think we all, um, 
thought that that was he was probably going to be the most realistic hire. Yeah. And and he know, definitely I mean, the best hire. And he yeah for sure. So yeah, yeah I'm couldn't happy. be happier. I'm, I'm pretty couldn't be happier with it. where this program uh, this is the highest I've been on them since they were coming off the CFP in 2016. So I'd agree. Mm-hmm. And they ended up having a good year after that, but not to the level that we thought that they were going to accomplish over the next couple of years with Browning and Gaskin. So yeah, we missed uh, missed John Ross a little bit and Vita Vea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and Azim Victor. <laughs> there was a few guys, a few players. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a it was a pretty good team. Yeah, Buda Baker also kind of made a difference. Like could have would have been nice yeah. to have him back. Yeah. If that team had come back like this team is, we would have been oh my god nice in twenty six. Oh my god! Don't do that replace to me. Browning with Penix, and then we're oof, holy right. cow! Yeah, <laughs> Dude, if yeah. Had, if had let's just put together a dream team of Husky <laughs> Husky lore. Over. Why not? Why not? Let's get Reggie Williams in the mix here, right? Um, cool. Well, I think we've wrapped up dog talk. We've gone long and extensive on it. Um, I knew that was going to happen, though. It was a great year, and they deserved every minute that we just gave them. Let's wrap it up with the Seahawks here, though. Mm. Uh, last time that we spoke, we were pretty high on this team. They were six and three. I think they were six and four, actually, coming off the Tampa Bay loss going into the bye week. Still yeah, a good spot. We were still, we were still feeling pretty good though about our mm-hmm. playoff chances. We're like, yeah, probably probably ten wins, probably ten wins for this for this team going down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Oops, we sit at eight and eight right now going Oof. into the, going into the last week against the Rams, and uh, our our playoff hopes are are hanging by a thread right now. I'd say um, not quite a thread, but a thick piece of string. It's it's still easily cuttable. Oh yeah. Um, Basically, what needs to happen here for for if 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 you're in the camp of that you want the Seahawks to make the playoffs this year as a seven seed because that's the only only seed that's open right now is the seven seed in the NFC. We need to win this week against the Rams at home, and in winning that game, that eliminates the Lions from playoff contention. Who we need to beat Green Bay, who is the other team that we are competing with for the seventh seed. It's a weird dynamic. It's so stupid. Oh my god! Please talk, Justin. What 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 happened? Oh, I was so irritated on Monday when this came out. Oh my god, so unfair. Now let me caveat this all this whole rant by saying: Do I think Dan Campbell's team will go and try to bite off some kneecaps on Sunday night against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers? Absolutely. I don't think that's all be they any- do. Any change in that kneecap biters? Well, could they be going ninety nine percent instead of a hundred percent if they know they're eliminated from the playoffs? Yes, 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 and that's a huge difference, and it's a competitive disadvantage for the Seahawks to be playing first and to eliminate the team that you need to win that same day. The NFL usually has put those games at the same exact time to avoid this type. Sorry. Go ahead. Or they they do well. I guess yeah. And this well, if the Packers do, win, then that's worse. Yeah, 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 so. yeah, yeah. yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. But it's a bunch of bullshit. Let's just call it how it is. I mean, you couldn't think of another game. So the options were the Jags Titans. They opted for Saturday night, and I get it because the Jaguars have like three fans, so those ratings would be pretty <laughs> awful. 
you could have waited for the end of the Monday. And obviously there was some crazy things that happened on the Monday night football, but you could have waited for the result of the Bengals bills game, because that could have set up an interesting Patriots bills and, or Bengals Ravens for the AFC North title. So there's a lot of things you could have waited for, but instead at like 6 PM on Monday or no 5 PM on Monday, you release these things. It's like, I don't know. I was very irritated when this came out, Sam. Yeah, I think it's super frustrating. And it's like, of course, that's part of the it's part of the game. Like, yeah, the Lions are going to be watching our game as they're like in the locker room getting ready to go. Assuming that we're able to beat the Rams, which injury depleted Rams like we. I hate to say it, but like we should beat the Rams. <laughs> We and should. It's not, yeah, we should. And it's not. But it's like, like why yeah. would the NFL schedule it this way? Where it's like, you know, they're going to be super hyped up in the locker room watching our game. And if it's a close game, like emotions are high, blah, 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 blah. And then Seahawks end up winning. Then the Lions are like, okay, well, shit. Now we need to go suit up and play against Aaron Rodgers for nothing. Like, of course, it's going to enter their mind. It's just a this bunch is, of bullshit. This is it's where the, the NFL conspiracy theorists enter the chat and they're like, you know, we want Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs, so we're going to do this. It's all about ratings, really. They and for so sure it's do. Just, it's, a, it's a complete it's a ratings game. And yeah. so a lot of people will watch, you know, who will the Packers get in the playoffs, right? That's what it <sighs> sucks. But here's where the other side, you'll have a lot of people listening to this podcast be like, Justin, it doesn't fucking matter because the Seahawks are going to be the seven seed and they go and get smoked by probably the 49ers anyway. True. Would we? But it's the principle, Sam, as we say all the time. It's Listen, the principle of the Here's matter. the deal. It's always about the principle. It's always about the principle. And this is just bullshit. And That's it shouldn't wrong. be this way. That's wrong. It doesn't it's have to be this way. It doesn't have travesty. to be this way. And you know what? I don't like it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I don't like bunch it one bunch bit. Bunch of thirty-year-old. I don't like right it here. one bit. I don't like it any bit. Connor, you mentioned how we were talking about six and four. The Seahawks kind of had a dud over in Munich, but we were we were pretty still high on this team given the schedule that they had. Yeah, and the we you know we expected them to be like eight and five at bare minimum after playing uh, the Rams, the Raiders, <laughs> and the Panthers. You said you said anything but two and one would be a disaster. I'm pretty sure we went one and two. We yeah. went one and two. We beat the Rams. Uh, lost to the Panthers. Lost to the Raiders. Both of those games at home, by the way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We get- zero and four against the NFC South, worst division in the football in football. Our That's run, not de- good. our run defense. Well, I should say our defense, but our run defense was absolutely non-existent. I mean, our front abysmal. Our front seven, I should say, is just complete ass cheeks. Yeah. It's a problem. It's a, it's ass crack. It's not even cheeks. It's just, it's sweaty ass sweaty, crack. Sweaty, gross ass crack. Yeah. There's mostly yeah. because Ben Burkirvin got injured for the year. Okay, dude. <laughs> ben Burkirvin is like Cody Martin light. So imagine what that dude, would be. He's there. fast and quick, elusive. Oh God! Shake, shake, swim, move, tackle. Cody Barton, by the way. Oh my God, he actually played pretty well this last game, ironically enough. But yes, who do you He's... like better, Barton or Brooks? 
Brooks, but it, it's I a like Brooks. It's a better, conversation it's because Brooks a has been terrible. Yeah, Brooks has not which, been good. Which I mean, obviously, like losing him for probably a good part of next year isn't yep. a good outlook for this team though either because we're not deep, deep at linebacker to begin with. Um, but Jamal yeah. Adams, how factor in for sure. Well, if, yeah, if he can in. play a couple games, we'll see. If he can be healthy for, yeah, more than two series. El Prez. Yeah. Um, do you guys want the Seahawks to make the playoffs? I mean, why not, right? That's my, yeah. kind of my scenario. Like, yeah. You're talking hurt. the difference between probably like the 18th pick in the draft and like the fifteenth, uh, right? Yeah. I, I don't. Yeah, if if we're talking about like third versus fifteenth, then it's a conversation. I don't really right. think it's a conversation. I think the. But if it's a conversation of third and eighteenth, well, <laughs> yeah. Which I so think, I think it's good ske- scheduling matters. Scheduling matters. Sorry, mm-hmm. Justin. Go ahead, and then, and then I'll I'll take. Well, I mean, go we're ahead. gonna finish second in the division if you're talking about scheduling for next season anyway regardless of what happens in the game but uh, i I think it's good experience for a lot of these young players we have so many rookies on the team to go and play in a playoff game playoff atmosphere and know what to do and the preparation and you know they always say like on you know the football circles like playoff experience matter i I don't i think that helps the team more than it hurts it so yeah yeah, look at our super bowl run it started with a one and out dud in atlanta no yeah we that beat the at the time the washington the, franchise yeah. Oh, yeah, washington. That's, yeah that's true gotcha either way my point there is like that was also a better team yeah i'm just trying to aid justin's point that like having yeah. some playoff experience no, i agree with that is is better than better than none at this, it helps you at down this the point road. when you're yeah when you're at this point in the season you're eight and eight like, would you rather be eight and nine and miss the playoffs, or would you rather be nine and eight, make the playoffs, and like see what happens? Sure, right. Like, I mean, of course, you would rather have that experience and try to like build momentum into the off season. Right. So, yeah, I would like the team to make the playoffs. Um, I'd also like the Broncos to lose. That'd be great. Yes. To that's the other firm the the third. And spot. so this is what I was gonna say though: is this that the NFL fucked Seattle twice here. They did. True. Go for it. The first one you guys already talked about. The second one is now the 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 Ravens and the Bengals are playing at 1 p.m. Eastern, so a, a 10 a.m. game, which means that if the Ravens lose, the Chargers are locked into the 5 seed. The Chargers play the Broncos. They have nothing to play for at that point if the Ravens lose against the Bengals. And that's the afternoon game. That's the 125 game or whatever mm-hmm. at Pacific time. Um, so that completely screws the Seahawks as well because we obviously hold Denver's pick. If Denver loses to the Chargers, then we get, the I think, the at least the third pick. That's That's like, it's the difference probably between the third and the fifth pick there which is a big deal <laughs> like when you're talking it's about the top deal. of the draft there mm-hmm. um as far as like what the seahawks want to do there so that's really the one that i think i'm more pissed about because i think that has a longer term effect on the franchise than if the seahawks make the playoffs or not this year so yeah. 
Yeah, I I just can't understand the logic behind that. Yeah, so like all. I mean, if you're, you're like, chances are the Bengals are going to beat the Ravens because they don't have Lamar Jackson, and oh. that Chargers. And the Bengals are a really good team, so that char that Chargers yeah. game becomes meaningless at that point. And why um, would the Chargers play their best players? So they're going to they have a yeah, they're going to rest game. Justin. Yeah. Yeah, they're just they're going to rest Justin Herbert, they're going to rest and Keenan Allen Brandon, and all their receivers. Brandon Staley basically listen, said this guys, too. Guys. Is that even going to matter? Oh, you don't think uh the Broncos, Broncos country. Their... <laughs> Let's ride. Let's ride. It might not. It might not. If the, if Did any you... team could still lose that game, it's probably the Broncos. Did you see all of those uh Broncos players in in unison voice their support for Russell Wilson. Oh. Like all eight of them. They're like, that's all my eight. quarterback. All bro. eight. That's my quarterback. I'm tired of hearing this shit about my quarterback. Oh, really? Uh, You're tired of hearing that in week 18? Week week 17? You're tired of that? Where were you in week two, three, four, yeah. five, six? I think yeah. team three's got their own NIL deals going on with yeah. Russ's teammates. <laughs> like, let me pay you a hundred real quick and, and give me the login credentials Jesus. of your Twitter. I'll buy you a nicer scooter than I was going to buy you. <laughs> God. Dude, it's such a wreck. Like, wait for the coach to get fired, pay off a couple players, a couple teammates, and like, there's no Dude. proof that this happened. It's speculation, likely, probably. But okay, riddle me this: you go watch the Broncos games when Russell Wilson gets tackled or sacked. Nobody comes to help him up. No lineman comes to help him up. He's all nobody gives a shit about this I, guy. I don't know if he's never been helped up by his offensive lineman. I, I can't <laughs> confirm that. I'm sure he has. But even if you go watch the YouTube highlights of the game, it will strike you as uncanny. That like most of the time, every time the quarterback goes to the ground, somebody's running over to help him up. That's not the case in Denver. Yes, he's been very bad. He's been awful, terrible, piece of shit quarterback this season. For Listen, sure. he we got to make sure he, we get our. He just eclipsed in. his number of bathrooms uh, total that this the media has been tracking. So he has more touchdowns this season's and number of bathrooms in his home so he, he way to go number three so what do you want us to do with the number three pick god i don't know i mean i really liked jalen carter because of just the name value and the defensive Guys, interior our draft coverage is gonna be spicy af this i year. can't wait I know. for our <laughs> live episode oh god my I, lord god when we're we gonna have fucking john robinson i'm gonna lose my shit <laughs> <laughs> i will really lose my shit honestly oh. like i know you're kind of joking but you're also like there's a also little very serious that. yeah <laughs> pete would do it he would do it oh my god i cannot i'm already like starting to get mad thinking about it so i can't do that yeah i mean i think realistically i mean we've got to look at defensive line right it's a huge weakness to this team and that's a premium position in the nfl yeah. Uh, what can we do there? We addressed offensive line in the last draft. That's looking to be really good. I think we're pretty Charles good. Cross has been burned a few times though, but we'll see what happens. But he, um, I mean, overall rookie season, very pretty promising. good. Yes. Yes. Uh, the other option is quarterback. Those are the two. I think, I think... you have to look at uh, Bryce Young's probably off the table. We probably shouldn't be talking about him. He's probably going to be gone. CJ. CJ is going to be there likely. And so the conversation is, you know, 
is he good enough? Do we do we like his intangibles? Did he show enough against a good Georgia defense? Not a good as quite as good as last year, but a good Georgia defense in the bowl game to do enough. I don't know. Ohio State's <laughs> hard to it's hard to measure Ohio State quarterbacks. I'm just saying they have the best receivers every year in the country. They have it's, very, it's really, very, very, very good wide receivers. But I will ridiculous. say CJ kind of won me over in that game. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't hate it. It's a it's gonna be a conversation for future pods, but I we're gonna be looking hard. I don't want any Will Levis like surprise quarterback no. bullshit though. I will also <laughs> that's lose gonna my be shit. like that might piss me off more than B. John Robinson. <laughs> oh no, 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 dude. God. Yeah. Oh god. It won't actually, but like that would that's probably my nightmare scenario is we pick will Levis. like how kind of like daniel jones was like wow he went super early and yeah. even then it yeah. was like that would be a disaster I, I mean i think given value to pick like will levis out of kentucky that would mm, yeah i'm already yeah someone else talk i'm getting mad just thinking well which it. might <laughs> which i think that's more likely if we drop down to like five Right. No, totally. 100% because teams reach for quarterbacks all the time. So 100%. I think that's honestly at this point, I think that's probably the most likely scenario. Yeah. Is I think we find a way to like get Gino under contract for another two to three years somehow, some way, whether that's a combination of the franchise tag and some short term deal or we just give him a two to three year contract. Like my guess is. Gino is going to be our quarterback for the next couple of years. And within the draft, we get the number three pick. I think we offload it to a more QB desperate team. And you don't think we do in both? The draft. Like pick a quarterback and sign Gino? I think it's possible. But if we do get signing. a quarterback, I don't, I don't, think, I don't we're think we're I don't think we're drafting a quarterback at number three. You don't think we're expect... getting CJ Stroud and signing G? No, for example. No, got it. No, not if it's. But I could see us trading back and still picking somebody like a Will, like Lewis a Richardson from Florida. Or, yes, yeah. I don't want him. I I'm not saying well. I'm just saying what the Seahawks. Yeah, do. like I, I think want... that's more the frame of mind at this. How about point? Hendon like... Hooker in the second round or that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's probably the in-between best of both worlds scenario where it's like lock up Gino for another one to three years, draft hooker, let him heal, let him sit behind Gino, and then unleash the beast. I'd be good for that. Sign me up. (laughs) Yeah. And you don't even have to trade that first pick if you don't want to at that point. Though I'm not like, again, I think you guys have probably already said this, but Based on what I saw from both um, Carter and uh, Richardson, you're talking about the Florida quarterback? Anderson, Anderson, Will oh, Anderson, Will Anderson, yeah, oh yeah. Uh, what what I saw from both of those guys, I don't know if they weren't top three picks. Yeah, uh, Car- Carter completely disappeared in that game. Like if you're t- if you're drafting that position mm-hmm. that high. You need a game record, like a, a dominant dude, like, force. Yep. Like I'm yeah. not saying that it needs to be Aaron Donald. Like that's the comparison. It needs to be a Vita Vea at least. But, yeah, but it needs to be an impact force there, like every fucking down. Yeah. Right. And he can't disappear in games. So, and Jalen Carter's already on a reduced staff count too. Like he plays like 30 ga- plays a game on that Georgia yeah. defense because they're so talented. 
So he was a nothing. And then Will Anderson is just, he's just a little undersized, you know? I don't yeah. Like that pick. yeah. I think he's, I think he's the best true pass rusher in this class. And he may, might be the most talented football player in this class, but he just doesn't have the size. I don't think to dominate at the NFL level, like he would need to, yeah. to warrant that pick. I think for the Hawks at number three, you need to go quarterback or you're trading down. Yeah. Like it's CJ Stroud or you trade down. It really because I was so convinced that it was going to be Carter. Like I was like, I was totally on that train going into that game. And uh, you, you shouldn't judge it based on one game, but like at the same time, like that's, that's the biggest game of his career. And or one of, I guess, the biggest games yeah. of his career. And he just is he was a nothing. Like he got I mean, he was doubled P teamed a lot, but like he wasn't an impact force at all. He wasn't a game record at all. Like and that can't happen for a guy that's drafted that high. So um yeah, I'm I'm hoping probably, honestly, like it depends what we do with Gino, I guess. I, I think the most likely scenario with Gino. Either either we franchise him or his cost has probably come down the last like four to five games. You could probably sign him for a pretty reasonable like three year deal with an opt out after two or something like that, mm-hmm. like a three year seventy five deal. I could see that twenty five mil a year, and I'd I'd probably be fine with that. Um. But if we do that, I think I think you want to get a quarterback in the second or third round to develop behind him. If we had an offensive head coach, which we do not, and it's probably useless talking about, <laughs> I think there could be an option, a possibility to select the wide receiver out of TCU. Really? Mm-hmm. That high? Top five? Yeah, I think he's mocked that high. I don't I think it's really good. He's good. I mean, he's he's obviously really good, but like I just I don't see the value there. I don't think mm. wide receiver is one of the most important positions right now in the NFL. So that's why I, I don't saying. I don't think that that raises the bar as much as the other t- other picks that you could you could make at that position. You like think ba- like Carter based on better? the current roster that you have, like I mean, he's He's your third wideout at that point. Well, Tyler Lockett doesn't have that much more uh, tread on the tires for this team. Uh, that's what we thought two years ago, but yeah, I mean, well, contract-wise too, I don't, I, I don't think. I think he has is next year's last. I'm pretty sure it is. I, I will, yeah. But at the same time, like, uh, I, I guess it depends when you th- think this team's going to be peaking. Probably two years from now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't. You might be able to convince me on it, but that's not that. Uh, my head is not in wide receiver mode at a top five pick. I I would consider it. I would consider it at eighteen. Oh, I, I mean, I if think like the a, best, the best like receivers a, go way before that. But if a yeah. Jordan Addison slips, I've seen him mock down to like eighteen to twenty. Yeah, I mean that's a totally different beast than Quentin Johnson out of. Here's a dumb PCU. question. Do we have two first round picks? So we have the Broncos and our own, correct? Yeah, that is correct. So we are looking at a situation where we'll have a top five pick and likely 
probably eight, 18 late so. teens yeah. early 20s at best case or well if we make the playoffs yeah playoff perspective yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. got it yeah right. i feel like with that first pick if it's number three especially yeah like you gotta either go quarterback defensive line like number three just seems a little bit early for a wide receiver i'm not, I'm not talking about number three We've moved on. I'm saying if we had an offensive head coach and we had an early pick, I could see us if CJ Stroud wasn't there, because I think that's obviously far yeah. away the most valuable player, probably. I could see us taking a wide receiver. I don't think Pete Carroll will do it. He has more likely he'll pick B. John Robinson, to my point. <laughs> Quentin Johnson. But yeah. I'm, a wide receiver is the most important position. No, yeah. Sorry, let me rephrase that. One of the most important positions on offense. Totally. Now, the new rules. Um, you see it. Every year, a new receiver, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. Funny, they were yeah. the same team. But like those impact players going early and changing the outlook of a team. Yeah, DK, AJ Brown, same thing. Yeah, I mean, DK slipped, but yeah, totally. Yeah. No, I agree. I guess like posing this question to you two, assume the Broncos lose mm. and we end up with the number three pick by the way of Denver. What would you put the odds of the likelihood that we actually draft somebody in the number three spot versus trading back? At this point? Right now. I'd say that it's like probably 40-60 that we would draft. Which way? 40% we would draft at number three? 60% chance that we trade out? More likely that we trade, but it kind of depends who's there. I totally agree. I was going to say like 33-66 kind of thing. It was similar. To, yeah. yeah. I, I agree with Connor. Yeah. I'm, uh, I figured it as much. I'm in the same boat. It just doesn't seem that there's like an obvious like oh shit. Like I hope that person's still there at number three for the Seahawks because it's like a perfect fit at the perfect time. Like, like it doesn't totally seem like mm-hmm. there's that person there. And just knowing like Snyder and Carroll's predisposition to trading back and accumulating picks kind of seems the obvious route. And they could get a lot too. I mean, just look at the teams behind the Seahawks. The Colts are, could be right there, right? Yeah. They need a quarterback. The, the Lions will be right there because uh, they have the Rams pick. Um, they will be there. Yeah. The, the Falcons will be there. They need a quarterback. I don't think and, Desmond Ritter's the answer. The Raiders are there. Yeah. So you have a lot of teams that you can trade back with. Well, be. and this is also Close. like maybe again putting the tin hat on for a minute, but like could also be part of the reason why we haven't seen the Seahawks move quickly on a deal with Geno is like to preserve the threat that we are going to draft a quarterback at number three from a trade yeah, perspective. They can't do that till the draft. <laughs> Free agency starts in March. Well, you can't. You can trade it in March, though. You could. You would trade what? You were just saying you trade trade the pick. Oh, sure. I'm not saying they would. I'm saying that's when they're allowed to do it. Oh, I thought you were saying that like it was like a it was a it was a strategy going into draft night that we might select a quarterback there. No, I'm saying like it could potentially be part of the Seahawks strategy as to like 
maybe we decided weeks ago that like, yeah, we're going to re-sign Gino, but we're, we're going to like maybe play it out and see what we can shop around the number three pick for. Got if it. other teams think that we're going to use number three to replace Gino. Again, I said putting the tin hat on, it's a little bit, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a little bit of a reach, but I also don't think it's that, that big of a reach to think that like the Hawks could be playing games How in often? that way. How often are tr- are picks traded like that early though? Like not super, often. not often. No, because you want to leverage to the final second, you know, right. to see what you can get. Not often. I I think probably it's it's probably more often though with like a top five pick because it's mm-hmm. a little bit more. Right. Yeah. As far as like what or you get from. into these like really weird arrangements like John Elway and Eli Manning where it's like. Oh, we're not going to trade the pick, but we're going to like draft the person that you want, and then after the draft, we'll trade the people, like right. Eli Manning for Philip Rivers, <laughs> who John Elway was. I mean, Elway was drafted by the Colts, but I forget what he was traded for. I tackle, know. I think, I offensive know. tackle or whatever. But like, you get into some weird shit with the top five picks. Well, what did the Niners traded into the top five? When they right. drafted Trey Lance, Trey Lance, right, and that I don't remember when they traded that. I feel like it was before, but that was, it was definitely before. before. Yeah, yeah that that was it was definitely, definitely before. Because I remember us, uh, us talking. It was about like Mac Jones, Mac Jones, and I was like, yeah. no, 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 they're taking Trey Lance, guaranteed. Yeah. Well, I was right. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's going to be intriguing off-season discussion, no matter what happens with the Seahawks here down the stretch. Um, More pressing, boys. Do the Seahawks win on Sunday against the Rams? Yes. I think they do. Do the Lions I, I, beat the Packers? No. No. Not in Lambeau. Yeah, I think you're Which right. is worst case scenario, because then you're nine and eight and you don't make the playoffs. But that's probably what's but you gotta happen. you gotta go out and try to win that game. There's yeah. no reason. Yeah. But yeah. again, you're you're talking about again the difference between like the fifteenth and seventeenth pick or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My guess is the Seahawks win. And because of the win, the Lions are like, well, we're out. I also, think given the I think fact they're going to try. I think, the I, think Bay, yeah, I think they'll Green give Bay's them a game. But in Lambeau, think, yeah. that's going to be tough. I think – I th- let, let me put it this way. I think they're going to be more competitive with Green Bay than the Vikings were last week because I think the Vikings are fucking fake. Fucking Vikings are the biggest frauds we've ever yeah. seen at 12-14-B. And I also think that at this point in the season, I think the Lions are better team than the Packers are right now. Mm. The Packers mm. are pretty hot. They're they're arguably like the hottest team. Yeah. And the Lions have played really well. Yeah. They had the dud against the Panthers, but other than that, I mean, they've played pretty they've well. They blew out the Jaguars. Yeah. They beat the Vikings. They went toe to toe with the Bills on Thanksgiving. I don't know if I would want the Packers to play anyone else this week if they were to have a home game in Lambeau other than the Lions. Given the scenario, like if, yeah. if any if any team is going to get up like for a game like like they're like they're just like kind of like a bunch of hard-nosed dudes like, after being like, eliminated from the playoffs in our yeah. scenario yeah yeah the, like the Dan soft, would be like oh yeah chip on the shoulder if the soft ass <laughs> vikings went in there it'd be like 59-0 without oh, something yeah. to play for yeah Kirk yeah. cousins prime time i mean we saw him what he did last last week when it was dark out not even prime time but the lights were on <laughs> we'll see what happens uh, uh, yeah 
there's a lot of talking points and uh there there will be throughout the off season and obviously uh, we'll we'll see what happens here if if we make the playoffs maybe we'll do a we'll do a playoff special or something next week but do think, a little short episode maybe yeah we yeah should. i think yeah. i think barring that we're probably hanging it up for a little bit here just until some like more breaking news comes out as we get into the off season and i mean like Gino being re-signed or something like that might be noteworthy enough for us to come back on for a little bit and kind of be able to we'll be able to discuss more topics off of that right like as far as like okay now we kind of know what the plans are at quarterback what does that mean yeah. for the draft we'll have plenty of draft preview stuff and stuff coming up Kraken are playing well mm-hmm. yeah I was gonna say we're like definitely entering our dead period where it's like really the only thing that's going on right now we've got you know Seahawks season's pretty much yep. wrapping up whether it's this week or following week i don't think any of us think we're going to make a deep playoff run here oh we're the beating February. the 49ers we're going baby <laughs> no if we like, make the playoffs wait for justin's positivity to come out he's gonna be I like oh wait. yeah that'd be great but we are definitely entering this dead period where like football's over unfortunately because starbucks and howard schultz are a bunch of dummies we don't have <laughs> basketball kraken are playing well so like we could do a short dedicated podcast to the kraken spring training is going to be up and running in about a month so we can start talking about some waiting for more big news we need to make another move jerry Mm. yeah sounders baby they play in the club world cup come on that i know we don't talk about the sounders much uh because of my arrangement right now but yeah yeah yeah. i mean if we talk strictly facts though like yes that would be fact that would be worth possibly coming on for that's if, that's if they deal. do something for sure i mean yeah club world cup essentially what it is most of you probably don't know the winners of every continent so sounders won the north american champions league the winners go and they will play in a tournament and so real madrid is a noteworthy name they're going to be playing that south america's champion africa's champion all those sorts of things so nice seven team tournament uh bracket style to see who's the best team seven in the world. And Real seven. Madrid gets gets a buy, basically. Real Madrid gets a buy into the top four w- along with the South American team. I think the host plays either Africa or whatever the lowest rated confederation is yeah. in like round one. And then round two will be like North America versus Asia and Africa versus... So who is this? Winner. Do we know who the Sounders are playing? Not yet. No, the draw is in like a couple weeks or something. Okay. 14th or something like that. Do we think that they're going to be able to win a game? They can win a game. They can win the first game, potentially. I mean, totally. Yeah. They definitely the possibility to beat Asia or Africa for sure. Seven teams? That's... Oof. One of the top seven teams in the world, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, so does Antarctica have a team? No, no, no. Where's no. the extra team coming from? Well, there's Europe? a host. There's host. So that's Morocco. Uh, there's going to be, well, if, they I could see. do six because Morocco's hosting it and Africa's winner In is it? from Morocco. So yeah. kind of weird. I don't know. But FIFA it's, it's FIFA's not the best, 17. like most transparent organization, <laughs> Sam. Slow, isn't, slow isn't, the, the, isn't the, isn't the, isn't the um the template of it like changing though like next year ah so yes this is the last Ending? club world cup like this the next one which i think will be in 2025 don't quote me on that will be 32 teams 
Yeah. Well, that's quite, so you're going to get eight teams from Europe. You're going to get like four from North America. You're going to get all sorts of things and they're going to be in a big tournament and it's going to have to be in the summer. And so. we'll talk about, you know, back in my day, the Sounders made it the hard way. Right, right, right. Top seven team in the world, motherfuckers. Right. right. I think Europe's won the last 14 of the last 15, so let's not get our hopes too much. <laughs> Who's uh, up the too much. only team that beat them? Uh, South from America? South America, yeah. Yeah. We just need that. We just need that one signing here in the January transfer. So window. You're telling me that you don't think the Sounders could beat Real Madrid? No. <laughs> <laughs> ten out of ten times, do you think we lose? Yeah. I think we win one out of every hundred. Thousand times. Yeah. Thousand? No. Yeah. Dude. We tie maybe no. ten. We tie ten. We win one. Out of a thousand. It's, it's fluky shit too. Like oh yeah. Like three players on their team get hurt. We score off a corner that's they have like four goal, red own goal. goal header. <laughs> yeah. Into the back of the net. Yeah. Badly deflected shot from 40 yards, you know, that sort of thing. Is Yao Paulo uh healthy? Supposedly he'll be healthy by February. Well, dude, then we're good to go. Bring it on. <laughs> it's a bummer about Aaron Long. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been a nice signing. What can you do? You know. What LAFC do? just gets everyone, so whatever. Classic. You got the NIL deals in LA. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're the organ of the MLS. Apparently so Kansas sure. City does too. Well, you know, anything to get old Cristiano, but you know, he's happier in Saudi Arabia. So that would have been crazy if he ended up in Kansas City. Oh my god. I think I think that would have been a a huge awakening for Cristiano. That there's no there's no no Mediterranean sea to look out at. I mean he lived in Madrid and Manchester, you know. It's not like Man- Madrid's a nice city. Manchester's but, not the most picturesque town. But we're talking about Missouri. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. A heartland of America. Yeah. All right, guys. My laptop I, is about to I, die. I think it's time. Yeah. <laughs> it's been time for a bit, guys. We're talking about the fun summer. fact, sporting Kansas City. I think their stadium is in Kansas City, Kansas. That's a tricky one. You never really know which state yeah. Kansas City is in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Keeps you on your toes. All right, all right, fellas. Well, it's been fun. It's it's good to see you guys again. It's nice to talk over the airwaves again. Um, we'll keep this going. You know, we'll we'll try to do one at least sometime in the next month. Maybe do some kind of general off season banter and. Maybe a little bit of crack and talk in there. Maybe the Mariners will make a make a move before then, but it'll be general offseason banter for the next couple months at least. Um, before we get ramped up for for the Mariners season. Well, if we're gonna do a nice playoff or sorry, a nice uh Mariners season preview, I feel like in in March. Yeah, it's worth it. I think uh coming off of off a off a year that we made the playoffs for the first time in 20 years, we we should be having some expectations going into this year. So All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. As always, we appreciate the support. Subscribe and follow if you haven't already and uh, leave us a message in the in via the anchor link in our description. Until next time. A little rusty there. Well, I did that all based on memory there. I wasn't actually looking. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. Go Hawks and go dogs. Good night.